Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Monster Legends Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner. And today we have a special guest, um, Aeon Mess. I want to say your name. What's your name? Anonymous, Anonymous SSH. Anonymous. That's how you say it. Anonymous SSH. It's a tongue twister. Yeah, it is a tongue twister, for sure. <laughs> well, how are you doing, man? What's going on with you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Um, yeah, I'm Rockstar Anonymous Age Sage. I uh, do a lot of occultish kind of music. I figured it'd be a good idea to come on a show like this. Uh, give some kind of, you know, possibly um, uh, share some stories dealing with similar kind of shit that would be appealing to people who like to hear about that kind of stuff. Can you hear me uh, pretty well, by the way? Yeah, I can hear you great. Can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what got you started in music? Got me started in music. Uh, it was just basically always been a passion of mine. Always been something I wanted to do. And I've always really, really enjoyed scaring people. Yeah. I, I like I like creepy shit. <laughs> I always did. Um, so, I just put two and two together. And, uh, yeah, that's what I did. That's awesome. What was, yeah. your, what was your first um, song you ever wrote yourself? Jeez, I can't even remember. Just, just fucking around with stuff, and you just see what works. I can't even remember. It's probably a song. Actually, it was probably a song of mine called "Fall Low." Yeah. Yeah. You uh, are you in the, band? Are you allowed? Are, are, uh, are you? Are, am I allowed to swear on the show? By the way. Yeah, it's something like a swearing all the time. Oh wait, so you can you can yes or no? I didn't really. Get that yeah you can well 
if if I can, then you just let me know because I won't do it. I just have a habit. Oh, uh, it's fine. I don't care. Yeah, I don't know because every show is different. Like depending yeah. where you're broadcasting, you can't do it. You know what I mean? But if you have your own thing, then you you know there are no roles essentially. So that's why I asked. I have my own thing. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, were you in band in school? Um, no, actually, I just, I just, um, just over the years, I just, it was just, you know, some music was always something I wanted to do, and I just started doing it slowly and shortly, then I started performing, started writing my own stuff, started, um, putting all over the internet and all that, uh, yeah. Um, I'll get my notes up. We're in uh, today's uh, episode. We're in North Carolina. Uh, what shows have you done? Have you ever been to North Carolina? Or any shows or anything? Um, actually, no, not yet. But I have a lot of family that lives out there. Oh yeah, me too. Oh, where at? I have some family up there too. You know, actually, it's, I'm not really sure where they're where that they're at over there, but uh, somewhere in North Carolina. They moved there fairly recently. Um, my sister and her husband, uh, they were living at Cary, but I think they moved somewhere else around there. It's got a big Ohio and stuff. So what do you, what do you talk about like on this? Like do you um like it? Do you get into like aliens and stuff like that or no? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Got, there were some alien okay. sightings back in like a bunch of UFO sightings in North Carolina. Yeah. Have you ever seen any, any aliens? <laughs> uh, I mean, my my view on that stuff, it's um definitely, uh, I don't know how to put it. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, so what do you, what do you believe in, essentially? Uh, like, uh, how do you, how do you, like, categorize your beliefs? And I'll, I'll, I'll comment on what I'm trying to say, because what I'm trying to say is pretty complicated. That's why... Uh, I believe anything that's, that's evidence for it. Yeah, well, okay. So do you like classify it as like aliens or what did you call demons or what do you, you know? Um. Demons is the weird, the weird word. It's, it's more like, that's more like a religious <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, you know, some people... Classified uh, and different things, but yeah, I mean, let's just say supernatural shit is real. Yeah. Okay. It, it's just real. It's real, one hundred percent. I've had plenty of experiences with it, but the only reason I ask is because some people categorize it in different ways. So I wasn't sure how you thought about it because it's an interesting subject. And recently, I heard about the president putting out like a uh, commenting on UFOs, for example. So. It seems like perhaps they're going down that road of uh, some kind of disclosure of some sort of some of entities or whatever it happens to be. It seems like that is becoming a feasible reality. That's what it seems like to me. I don't know about you. Yeah, it is. Like they, was it this last year or two years ago? They Navy said there were UFOs 
from that one video from 2006, I think. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming real. They're talking about it more because of the whole Freedom of Information Act. attention to it but not really because i have my own stuff going on you're kind of breaking up a little bit you're kind of breaking up a little bit so i'm having a hard time hearing you okay hold on uh. <laughs> all right how about now this seems to be good all right but yeah aliens um i'm yeah it's a definitely uh to classify that kind of belief but yeah yeah it's more or less true let's say uh so you think that that like um was that reptilian um conspiracy theories real about the, all the politicians being reptilians <laughs> um well I do have a fascination with all things reptile. Always have. Uh, I love fucking reptiles. Oh no, about you? Oh, yeah, uh, I, have a, I have a snake. Uh, yeah, I grew up with a snake. I grew up with a turtle, and um, I just love reptiles. Is the skip theory true? Well, it depends on which way you classify it. Um, are they, are like politicians in them reptiles? No, that's not true. But what is true is that, um, well, human, like, you, you know, human beings aren't really at the pecking, like, top of the pecking order. That's, you know, it's, uh, there are, like, you know, there are entities that are well beyond human beings. However you want to classify them, that's a major prerogative. But, you know, humans aren't the center of the universe. There's no way. It's not even feasible. People think because we're like so adapted to the like everything seems to be made for us, but really we're just made for the no. world. Not at all. Yeah, yeah. You want you're right. One hundred percent right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you. That's 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 one hundred percent true. Humans are not at the uh, center of the universe whatsoever. So, however you want to classify it, call it aliens or demons, doesn't really fucking matter to me. But um, human beings. Because I kind of see the, the, the uh, both subjects as one. So humans are not at the center of it, though. There's no way. There's not a shot. Not a shot. Not a shot about that at all. But as for like your average politician, is he a uh, reptile? <laughs> um, no, I would say I would say no on that one. But but it's it's a complex subject, though, and humans really aren't supposed to understand it. These kind of things. You think um you think ghosts could be aliens as well? Ghost demons and they're, aliens they're all the same. They're, they're all the same. The ghost aliens and demons are not all the same. Aliens and demons can be the same, but a ghost is just the spiritual essence of a once biological creature that has basically left its essence on earth. So it's just basically a form of energy disincarnate um, energy that is still around on this planet because when you die your energy still remains on this earth and one 
fashion or another. So that is how you explain spirits. And I've had tons of experiences like that with all spirits and shit. They're definitely real for sure. Especially if you go to a place that has a, um, that has a, yeah, uh, certain places have more energy or more, more, um, what do you call it? There's, there's more history of energy or energetic forces in certain areas. Like certain, and that's why they call certain places haunted. Because it's true. If you go to um, a place where a bunch of people, like a, an abandoned mental hospital, for example, if you go to these places, you'll see, uh, you know, tons. Or you'll just walk in and you'll feel a different presence. And that is basically those are the spirits. They're still there because their, their, their soul or whatever, their energy is still focused on the earth. Now we can get into religion and all that and why that is, but it's like, fact of the matter is, it's, it's, spirits are just concentrated energy. They could be positive or negative. Just It usually depends on how they died. Because if you got fucking killed or murdered, you'd be pissed. And you'd want to haunt people. <laughs> I, I can't remember them saying something like how haunted places have a certain, like, like, give you a certain brain weight, like, like a certain kind of wave of energy that makes you like feel uneasy and weird and stuff. I'm remember sorry, that? what was the question? I remember them ask, um, saying something about how haunted houses and stuff have like a certain like energy to them. Like, yeah. you can me- actually measure it and it gives off your, makes you feel uneasy and, and like weird. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially in Pennsylvania, where I happen to be right now, because in this area, there are tons of beautiful forest areas. So that's what I really love. I fucking love nature and all that. And there are tons of of, of just beautiful... Pennsylvania has, like, in my opinion, the most beautiful forest in the whole country. There's so much beautiful uh, forestry in this country that a lot of people take, take um, for granted. And, uh, yeah, usually... In a lot of those open places, um, spirits remain in those places, especially. Um, is there any haunted horses? Oh, um, that word? Horse, horse? oh yeah, there's hey, around Pennsylvania. There's tons. There are tons. Um, you got to go up to, you got to go up basically to the Ohio West Virginia border. Yeah, those are the areas that have the most. Also, you can get there's like um. There is a there's a, there's a uh, an entrance to the Appalachian Trail up here as well, and that's very cool too. There's tons of stuff that way as well. That's nuts. Is there like any one in particular that's super on it? You know what I really like? Actually, I really like the abandoned coal mines. I wouldn't recommend you go there though. But <laughs> that's what I really, <clears throat> that's what I really find the most interesting are the abandoned coal mines that they have a lot of history. And uh, yeah, and, and judging by how the world is going, my prediction is that this is just going to be total fucking anarchy in the future. So there's going to be a bunch of people just living off the grid in places like this. Yeah. That's, that's where I think everything is going. Just like, these people are so fucking crazy on all sides of the spectrum and I just see the whole thing fucking going down so probably or, yeah. <laughs> or something else will come up and we'll probably forget about what this is going on now in like three months 
Well, no, it's definitely not going to be gone. There's no way because it's just one thing after another. It's like, yeah. it's like we reached a new point. That's what people don't realize. We reached a new point in history. We're going through a historical period, and it's not necessarily positive. And um, yeah, like uh, it's no longer just a headline on television meant to scare you. This is real stuff, and this is actually happening. This is all real stuff. It's no longer just watch the news and get confused. It's basically we're living in a historical period right now. That's what people need to realize. Oh, speaking of aliens, uh, a man in New Carolina <laughs> shared uh, footage containing a set of unidentified flying objects. William Guy on a ferry ride on the Pilmaco Sound, and he captured an image with his cell phone. He said, uh, "We are in the middle of the ocean, and there isn't any land nearby." Says Guy. Third second long footage shows a series of lights flying over the water. They don't seem to be making any kind of maneuvers and appear to be moving at a constant speed. That was one UFO sighting. Uh, another one says uh, North Carolina motorist claims he saw two UFOs. He was able to capture part of the incident on camera. The anonymous man said he was driving on Shannon Road on his way to Polk County two weeks ago when he noticed the anomaly. There was a large ball of light hovering over the horizon, he says. I grabbed my phone and took a picture. North Carolina resident added that he had as he drove his vehicle through some trees, he could actually see two lights hovering together. Uh, he said, I tried to video with them. I went through some more trees. There was only one light again. He said about a short and blurry video taken about through a car window that didn't show much. Shortly, the driver was able to observe the light during the entire trip until he arrived at his workplace. The sighting prompted intervention of the United States government as they were a special concern regarding national security. It was always speculated that these two moving green lights were part of a new Russian spy device. Uh, initial site reports were dismissed as metallic green flares or meteors, but further investigations performed by Dr. Lincoln Apaz determined the lights had too many anomalous characteristics to be a type of meteor. Apaz investigated the Roswell incident in 1947, also involving green lights. After a few witness interviews involving the affidavit of Earl L. Zimmerman, he concluded that the object was an occupied extraterrestrial probe. What? Uh, the phone bomb also prompted the creation of Project Twinkle, established at Holloman Air Force Base in February 1950. They concluded that the green lights were a national event, probably related to the sun or meteors. The project was dismantled in 1951. Robert, Robert Hastings and uh, book UFOs and Nukes conducted extensive research on the lights and proposed the theory that the ancestral beings were possibly snooping on nuclear facilities. Hastings painstakingly documented UFO nuke connection. Numerous interviews with former entire USA, US Air Force personnel revealed the incredible encounters that were regarded as a threat to national security, perhaps motivated by the dangers of full scale nuclear war. These green lights usually showed up around weapon storage facilities and nuclear testing ranges. The point of creating malfunctions reported in some cases. In 2002, 2010, uh, Hastings reported at a press conference in Washington, D.C. explained the possible connection between the green fireballs and nukes. Other research, researchers proposed different theories, as it was the case of Dan Wilson explained lights were possibly caused by the nuclear debris, um, or William K. Hartman, this idea of lights just being lunar material ejected during meteor impacts on the moon's surface. 
the unnamed woman said Thursday that even though she and her husband had strange uh, curse before, they were nothing like that supposedly being happening for the past week. Events are allegedly taking place at nighttime and usually when the couple's already in bed. Okay. Oh yeah, that one was a couple seeing aliens. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, well, the alien thing is like, it's, it's complicated because it could also just be foreign technology as well. Um, it's pretty much a mix of both, if you want to, if I want to uh, weigh in on that. But aliens, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what, what are your theories on, like, all the aliens? Um, I think, like, nine times out of ten, it's probably just foreign technology. You don't believe there are in any capacity? I think, I think it's more like, uh, it's probably more likely that they're, it's more off, sightings are more often probably just technology UFO UFOs. It's probably just foreign technology or mm-hmm. secret stuff they're working on. But that there's aliens out there. It's too big of a universe to not be aliens. Yeah, I think um, I think we're coming to a point of disclosure of certain yeah. things. I think people I think people are gonna see. Um, Basically, like uh, they're gonna see things which they aren't. I believe. I think we're coming to that point. I believe it's more or less all theater, but I also believe that uh, it's all part of a cosmic chain of events. suck sometimes and your boss accidentally seeing you in your underpants on zoom last week doesn't help any that's why reluctantly codependent sisters the shira and rishalia keep you enthralled and in stitches every week with their podcast legendary africa every monday and friday we take you on a journey of mythical lands magical objects and monstrous creatures both ancient and modern find legendary africa on apple podcasts spotify google podcasts and wherever you feed your ears and remember Stay safe, stay sexy, and stay legendary. I think, uh, I think the government knows anything about this, or are they as clueless as other people? Anyone else? Um, does the government know about this stuff? Yeah, of course, 100%. And that's what I was saying. The president was actually talking about this, which is unusual for a president to talk about such things, which makes me think that this is going to, the world's going in this direction. And what was the president that said, um, what did he say? The president that said, uh, the world needs some foreign um, agents to unite against. The world needs to be united. And if, we, if it has to be aliens, then it has to be aliens. One of the presidents did say that. I thought that was interesting. I can't remember which one that was. And then also, what else was uh, the fucking? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I more or less believe it is. It's 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 just it's just all part of a process to me. I think people are gonna see uh, these things come into view more or less in the future, especially UFOs. about the, the couple said uh 
According to the woman, the entities have assorted shapes and sizes, including primates, creature affiliate meat at the couple's bed, and among other activities, observed the pair as they lay in it. Started with the alien watching me and my husband in darkness. Others were leaning over me. The woman also claims that she had tried speaking with the beings, but despite seeing their mouths moving, she could not hear the words. These also tensible creatures, she says, appear to have some type of light projectors or leaves are using in order to convey a message to the couple. The problem, it appears, is that she cannot figure out how to decipher the meaning. First night, I saw the creature. I saw a huge grid on the wall behind the TV. It was about six inch letters and pictures, but I couldn't figure out before it disappeared. She same night again, a grid, but this time I heard my husband's voice him calling to me through, even though he was sleeping. I again saw a grid over his tired chest with letters and the husband's voice uh, call me as with letters and amazing drawings of variable animal, various animals. I signed there was English words and phrases, but one block on the grid was a clock, hands moving forward quickly. The clock was the only character on the grid that was both red and flashing. A North Carolina resident says he had a close encounter with a luminous egg-shaped flying creature. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so I, I've always been interested in the men in black. Yeah. The real men in black, and I'm also, I'm also interested in uh, aliens. Yeah, I think I think the world is uh, I think the world's gonna see uh, like I de there are definitely like if you paid attention to my music you'll definitely see like uh, themes of shape shifting that's a real phenomenon as well I think people are gonna see these things in plain view in the future that's what I'm that's what uh, my uh, prediction says. Your music's really good, by the way. Yeah, the video I sent you, you can see, if you pay attention to the videos I send, there are tons of, um, especially in that one in which I sent, there's a, uh, there's definitely a shape-shifting element in that one. And I think in the future, people are gonna see these things more as they are. And I like, that's what I like to do with my music. I like to play with that element of the unknown mystery. Um, what do you feel? <clears throat> Ever seen like any cryptids in Pennsylvania? Um, explain what that is. It's a uh, like it's any like animal that's not, haven't hasn't been discovered or considered to be like, mysterious, like a werewolf or a like monster or Bigfoot, something like that. Um, all you need to do is really just go cave exploring. There was this one gentleman named Ted, the cave explorer back in the old days of the internet, there was something called Ted, I forget what it was called, Ted the cave explorer. He would go in these very intricate caves. Some caves are super interesting. That's why I like Pennsylvania, tons of caves. I love caves, caves and coal mines. Anyway, go to these things, and uh, yeah, you'll see a whole bunch of weird, bizarre creatures and stuff like that. Depends how far, like the basically, uh, 
entities that have lived inside these things for, I don't know, millennia, they're totally differently evolved to life on Earth than the rest of creatures are because, for one, there's no natural sunlight. So, it's our evolution. Anyone doesn't think that, you know, some form of animal does not exist in these things. Some of these caves are truly intricate, and it's, it's an amazing thing. Uh, they're so complex, and they often go miles and miles and miles. And of course there are animals inside these things that manage to evolve. There are many, many creatures that have not been disclosed to the public, for sure. And um, yeah, caves are one of my favorite things. Uh, and especially under underwater caves. Sea caves, like in the Marianas Trench. Yeah. Uh, caves that go down fucking to the center of the earth. Yeah, there are tons of war- weird, bizarre creatures that have not been classified in typical biology. There's several like like monsters in North Carolina, like uh, a man from Mecklenburg County on Sunday said he saw a dinosaur-like creature. Mm. Uh, BT, a salesman who provided a full name but extremely anonymous, told Cryptozoology News that he was at Lake Norman on a boat with his friends when his animal showed up on a Saturday morning. He said, uh, I was on a boat with my friends, he said. We were near the lake's main channel when we saw something splashing around in the water. The alleged creature as a 10 feet long dinosaur reminiscent of the mythical monster. He added that the animal was visible for about one minute before disappearing back into the water. There were no photographs or videos submitted with the report. In 2016, a man from the same area reported seeing a reptilian being swimming at Lake Norman, North Carolina. The Charlotte man says he saw a snake like creature at a lake in Catawba County. The 76-year-old man, or retired Charlotte man, who acts to be kept anonymous, told Zoology News on Sunday that he was staying at his house on Lake Norman last Thursday when he spotted the unknown creature. He said, I have a house right by the shores of the lake with a empty overlooking the lake. I was looking out at the lake and saw large splashes in the water, he said. Richard described as a long and yellow reptile. Curly was visible as a man for about 30 seconds. 2015, a man claiming to be a park ranger told Cryptozoology News he had seen, quote, something that looked like a dinosaur eating a duck at the same lake. People said Tuesday they spotted a dinosaur-like creature in Wake County. Uh, Fisher describes the animal as a 10-foot long like creature. It's like... And parts of lake monsters are rare. 2014, a Canadian man released a series of photographs containing what he claimed to be the Pogo monster, same year, uh, park ranger at Lake Tail, Republic of Congo, bought a dinosaur like monster, not able to watch it for over five minutes. Big thing, uh, doing this show is like almost every state with a lake or anything like, like that, like water, there's always a like monster. And I think every yo, go, go search for the um. The reptile entities. That's what that's what people need to start doing. Start going to to the reptiles. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. Draconi- about the draconians. The what? The draconians. No, what are the draconians? The draco. Oh, draconians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, well, uh, hopefully they come up from the center of the earth and start eating people. That would be funny as hell. one movie that came out about the Hitler and everyone being draconians and they're living in the center of the earth the living in the center of the earth would be fucking hopeful like, it would be great I want to go to live in the center of the earth you know how fucking fun that would be living in the center of the earth I would love it oh I need some fresh air what's wrong yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's hot as hell down there, actually. You wouldn't even yeah. really need a sun, if you think about it, because all the magma and, and all that stuff at the center of the Earth, it's it's weird how things function. Like, earthquakes are caused because of the pressure, so much pressure from inside of the Earth, like the center of the Earth. And it caused, actually, that's how uh, um, an earthquake starts. It starts because of the pressure in the center of the Earth, and it goes towards the surface of the Earth, through like a ripple effect and uh, eventually yeah that's how, that's how a, a an earthquake starts so it's super hot down there and imagine the fucking entities that do live down there there has to be some kind of animal form that lives down there for sure and uh by logic it would have to be gigantic to survive all that pressure down there the more pressure the larger the creatures would theoretically have to be same with the uh, center of the ocean too or um, the bottom of the ocean floor Mariana's Trench but who's to say Mariana's Trench is the bottom of everything who's to say there's not a sea cave that goes all the way down to the center of the earth that's what I believe there has to be several sea caves and think of the animals that would traverse these things they would be they would be extremely intelligent to know the, the natural pathways of these things to know a cave like I don't know if you've ever seen the Paris catacombs that's another fascination of mine. It's a catacomb that just seemingly goes on forever. Some some parts are really small. It's like, why would this part be really small? And then you have to like crouch down to get through this uh, another part. And then there's a whole room full of skulls and it's just all this cave art. And it just, it's a real mystery. I don't know if you, you ever knew anything about the Paris catacombs, but that's one of my biggest fascinations. I love that. Paris catacombs. Mm, I remember a little bit about them from school. I, yeah, there was I someone who went down there. There was someone who went down there to explore, and there's a video of him getting lost. They never, he never returned. You're really not. It's actually illegal to go down there. You're not supposed to go down there. He went down, and he took a video camera, and he videotaped himself, and he got lost in the thing. Is never heard again. I think, it's a, think, it, think of what's down there, though. Like that would be torturous. Yeah, How did get, get the video? I don't know. Someone found the video, and he dropped the camera, and then someone, because people go down there all the time to yeah. like cave explore and all that. Someone else found the footage much later on. Oh. But yeah, he's like freaking out because he can't find his way back, and you're not going to find your way back. There's a very specific pattern to that cave, so you're not going to really find your way back unless you know the the fucking in you know blue, blueprint of whoever designed that fucking thing which is really really interesting <laughs> it's so interesting that is like a wow, fucking like one of my top fascinations are those like paris catacombs and other catacomb like uh like whatever you want to call them caves and uh 
there it's more than a cave though it's like it's a catacomb it's, a, it's like it's like a, a shrine to to who knows what death possibly i don't know but just think think of whatever life form would have evolved down there with the freakish reminds me of that one story by uh Edgar Allan Poe about the guy getting stuck between the walls of that catacomb yeah Edgar Allan Poe he's a great great writer and poet what was that story um so uh yeah so what else do you talk about on this famous cryptids in Arcana, like the Beast of Vladenboro. In the nineteen in the winter of nineteen fifty three to fifty four, the wind, town of Vladenboro, North Carolina, was terrorized by a creature they dubbed the Vladenboro Beast. Although no humans are believed to have been killed by the beast, they claim several dogs, goats, and other smaller creatures. It appears that night of December 29th, nineteen fifty three, a local woman heard neighbors' dogs bark suddenly and then began to whimper. On New Year's Eve, Police Chief Roy Forrest was called out to Woody Storm's farm. Chief Forrest Storm was struck as two of his dogs had been killed viciously by something powerful and large. What's strange though, Roy decided to call the police with the strange fact that both of his big dogs had been completely drained of their blood. Stumped, Chief Forrest left the farm. Sounds Police Chief Roy Forrest organized a hunt for the creature, but came up empty-handed. Chief Bustle told the newspapers about the creature. The beast got national publicity and hunters all the way from Tennessee. Newspapers from Arizona to New York made coverage of the hunt for the beast. Children were not allowed at night and men stormed the forest with guns trying to find the creature. The beast returned to North Carolina in 2007, bringing more surprises and fear with it. In Lexington, 60 goats were found with their blood drained and their heads crushed. 30 miles away in Grisboro, another farmer lost his goat in the same way. In Bolivia, a man named Bill Robinson believed his pit bull to the creature. Four days later, another resident, resident Leon Williams, found his pit bull dead. It was covered in blood and was missing a few body parts. There was a sign of a struggle, which is strange for a pit bull. Other places lost a total amount of 10 dogs in just two weeks. On December 29, 1953, a local woman heard her neighbor's dogs barking whimpering. It was the first sign of the police borough on York Eves. Those saw, saw ammo like bear or panther that was three feet long, 20 inches high, with a long tail and cat's face. Others report hearing the creatures scream from the swamps near town, saying it sounded like a woman with a knife stuck in her back. Yeah, yeah, it's all interesting. I, I have to go in like a, a little bit. I'm actually caught me. It's like a, a bad time for me. All right, I can, yeah. I can um uh basically uh I had a blast, but uh yeah, yeah, it's not to do. No worries. Yeah, this I'm um, super super busy with okay. the whole coronavirus and all that. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, if uh, follow follow the videos, there's tons of demonic forces, alien forces, and um, spirits and all that kind of interesting stuff in my videos. And there's definitely going to be more of that for sure. 
anyone who's a skeptic on those things, uh, just check out the videos yourself and, and see. I'm only really getting started in terms of all the video stuff, but um, yeah, the way our world's going, you're gonna see a lot more what we could call supernatural and bizarre shit in the future, just in general. Uh, so, where, yeah. can people, where can people find you? On uh, they're just basically the uh, the, twi- the my Twitter anonymous age uh-huh. sage with a one at the end of it is one of the best ones. That's like the hub, and then they can find everything else pretty much from there. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see a lot of super bizarre shit in the future. I can assure that. Well, I'm gonna get you back on here. So yeah, for sure. Thank Perfect. you very much for the for the time on the show. No I problem. appreciate it, and uh, have a have a nice day. You too, man. Have a good one. Well, unfortunately, Aeon uh, had to go because he had stuff to do. But let's continue on with the show. There were um. So, what was the Beast of Blenborough? There was certainly something that killed some dogs in the woods of Blenheim County in the early days of 1950s. 53, 54, among these was the mayor, Woodrow Bustle, who also appeared to be the owner of the local movie theater. Uh, Bustle can't be, and there was talks of it being a big cat. Bustle can't be blamed for knowing a good gimmick when he saw one. There were also another Blenheim Road resident, Dick the Halfman Halliburn, who despite being born with no legs, only one arm, the only remarkable career. Gilborn had traveled with the circus for some years, working as a tattoo artist, and running a sideshow with his partner Carl Frog Boy Norwood. Dick Hilburn cast in on the assignment of making beasts of Bladenborough souvenirs. In addition to his many other skills, Hilburn was a talented artist who set up a shop as a sign painter when he returned home. When Monster Madness began going around, Hilburn saw opportunity. He began to produce license plates and other memorabilia with the vampire beast painted on it. He had no trouble selling them to scores of hunters who had ascended on the town. Describing instance years later, Mayor Russell confessed, A little publicity never hurt a small town. and say that the beast was 10% real, 90% imagination. Russell definitely had a hand in stoking the imagination, but he never anticipated how out trolled the situation would get. The decision to call the end to the hunt came about because of the rare, rare danger that over anxious hunter would shoot someone thinking he was killing the beast. Huh. Weird. Another cryptid from North Carolina is the Wampus Cat. Strange things happen in the mountains at night. Deep down, deep down in the valleys, mysterious noises echo through the darkness. Something is roaming through the night. Animals disappear from farmyards. The folks who live in the hills hide in their homes. Whenever anything unusual happens in the night, whenever mysterious calls are heard, they say it, it's the Wampus Cat. They say that the Wampus Cat was once a beautiful Cherokee woman. She became a strange mix of cougar and human and was cursed to live forever and alone in the woods, never again enjoying human company. And so the... Ugh.
so the Wombus Cat roams the Appalachian Mountains at night, traveling up and down the hills in and out of the valleys, forever wandering, ever alone in the mountains. So, while a central figure in the story of the Wombus Cat is said to be a Cherokee woman, it is clear that the story is told about the Cher Cherokee rather than a Cherokee story. And the Wampus Cat itself seems to be go back further than the story as it's told today. The Wampus Cat first came to the attention of the world outside the mountains in the first half of the 19th century. Although at the time it wasn't the Wampus Cat, the people were talking about but the cat Wampus, which was a word used to describe the idea of an unknown animal lurking in the woods and add something to blame any unusual event on. So something in the early 20th century the syllables were transposed and the cat a wampus became the wampus cat. And wampus alone is still used throughout North Carolina to describe an unknown or mysterious animal. Said uh, in Cherokee mythology, the monster is a cat like a bunny of a female onlooker cursed by tribal elders as punishment for hiding beneath the pelt of a large wild cat to witness a sacred cer ceremony. The Wampus Cat has been associated in several southeastern tribal beliefs as a shapeshifter. Later, various towns in the United States reported signs as early as the 1920s of the Wampus Cat, which would kill livestock. The appearance of the Wampus Cat varies widely, but is always feline in nature. It's usually expected similarly to a cougar or mountain lion with light tan or yellow fur, has yellow eyes, and often has six legs as opposed to four. Uh, modern depictions of the Wampus Cat includes the Strangeway Burrowings in Virginia. In literature, a musical ensemble was recorded several tracks in 1937 and 1938, and consisting of six or seven strings musicians, including Oscar Buddy Woods, were billed as the Wampus Cat. J.K. Rowland's Pottermore story, History of Magic in North America, lists the Wampus Cat as a source of her hair used in magic wands. The Wampus Cat is used as a mascot for numerous educational institutions. Go down my list of notes here. Bigfoot. Okay, Bigfoot. It's Bigfoot sightings in North Carolina. Lise Gallando told the BFRO that she and her husband were driving in Swain County at dusk when he saw the unidentified primate a few days ago. And quote, there was a very strange looking, what I thought was an odd looking man as we passed it. I said to my husband, that is a strange looking person. And as I looked into the rear viewing mirror, it stood up on the road and was watching us driving away. That is when I realized what it really was, he said. As we approached that area, we saw it on the other side of the road watching us. The creature was described as a seven to eight foot tall, humanoid covered in long black hair. This is particularly strange because they had the time to go back and see their alleged creature a second time. A woman in North Carolina says she often sees an ape-like creature walking around her property. Cook says the sign began in March when she noticed a few footprints on her property, which she stowed on a short video interview by a woman. Tracy Herberts told Cryptology News she had a re restaurant near a wooded area when she spotted the hominid. A quote, I was going to, s to smoke a cigarette before my family came out of the restaurant and we were eating where we were eating at. She explains the restaurant had a deck out of the, the side of it to what, out over the water where you could fill turtles, feed the turtles and ducks. 
she had it. The Belmont woman says the restaurant was out in a very rural area. That she was the only one to see the alleged Sasquatch. Another sign. Uh, Hibberts recalls the creature as being of a brownish dark color, but admitted that she was not able to see its face because it was running so fast. When she told her husband, she adds, he quickly dismissed it as a deer. But she says, but deer do not run on two legs, says Herbert. Two Carolina men on Sunday said they came upon two Bigfoot-like creatures in Guilford County. Alan Coleman, a retired 44-year-old North Carolina, North Carolina, told Cryptology News that he and his friend were looking for potential hunting locations back in January when they encountered the creatures. It was heavily traveled the game trail and decided to sit down and see if any deer may be in the area and to rest. After sitting there for about five minutes or so, we heard movement in the thicket. It sure it was a big bug, but making its way through as it was making a lot of noise and sounded as if it was struggling to get through the thicket. But he explains, there was no deer coming from it, as one of the animals probably struggled to make its way through the bushes. Coleman and his friends recall a sudden and easy silence. Crouched down by the creek, maybe 40 yards away, our friends startled, to say the least, started to get up with the corn other ones stepped out of the thicket on the creek side. Uh, a feeling came over me like no feeling I ever felt, said Coleman. Following, he says, they went down to the creek. Coleman described the creature as having brown and shaggy fur fading to gray in certain areas. He estimated the tallest creature's weight at about 400 pounds. The blaze was about 8 feet tall. Um, a group of children, there's another one, another big sighting. Uh, a group of children in North Carolina says they came across a primate lake creature, Fed, whose last name was admitted due to journalistic ethics codes, related to the ages of a witness, told Cryptology News that he and his cousins were exploring a mountain path. In his neighborhood, when the animal showed up, my cousins were ahead of me. I was slaughtering behind, and this creature stepped out of the wood. He had about the reported 2013 encounter. The undefined animal, was eyewitness said, walked on two legs, probably had a red fur, and was about 8 to 10 feet tall. Speaking of werewolves, I was talking about werewolves earlier with um, Anon. Uh, T.I. told Cryptozoology News on Thursday that she was driving her son to the, her mother's house when she encountered the creature in 2017. She quotes as saying, There are a lot of woods there. About to get out of the car, she said. The uninjured canine, she added, How then I almost got out of the car? I grabbed my son and ran to the mo mother's door. As I look back, the animal seemed gone, but while knocking on the door, I look back again and notice something black running away. I can tell he was mad. I did the uh, dinosaurs. Yeah, I did dinosaurs in. So, there's an interesting one about the emerald eye, the moon eye people. Are at. Give me a moment. Okay. Moon Eye People of North Carolina. Legend has it the Moon Eye People were an entire race of physically small inhabitants of a wooded area near what is now 
Murphy, North Carolina. With pale white skin and bearded faces, their large blue eyes were said to be so sensitive to the sun they were only able to operate by the light of the moon, hence the name Moon Eyed. Various tales have been told over time, both ending in the expulsion of this mysterious clan to a life lived underground. One legend finds the Moon Eyed people driven by their homes by the Creek tribe from the south. The story goes that the, the Creek waited until the creek waited until the light of the full moon became even too bright for the nocturnal cave developers to face, ambushed them in their weak movement, and drove them from their homeland to parts unknown. Another account sees the Cherokee people themselves fighting the Moon Eye people towards the west, to what is now Tennessee. And a more recent theory speculates that the Moon Eye people may have sought refuge further north in what is now West Virginia. While many are quick to assume that this legend is but one of many found in Cherokee folklore, one glaring distinction remains. Unlike many supernatural entities found in Cherokee mythology, the Cherokee referred to the Munai people as a separate race of people found inhabiting the earth at the same moment as day, a time before Columbus would discover the Americas. The physical dis the difference between these indigenous peoples and their light-skinned counterparts immediately suggests to many the mysterious Moonite tribes tended from a group of white settlers who eventually landed themselves in the Appalachian Mountains. A look back at the late 1100s may help to provide answers or pending in your view add yet another layer to the mystery of the Moonite people. According to a 16th century manuscript published by Welsh Antiquarian Humphrey Lude, a Welshman by the name of Prince Madoc, was believed to have sailed from Wales across the Atlantic, who was now Mobile Bay, Alabama, in the year 1171. Legend has it that upon arriving, Madoc and his crew ventured north along the Alabama River toward ten the Tennessee Valley and were never heard from again. Years later, Early explorers discovered a unique tribe of Welsh-speaking Native Americans, known as the Mandan, who, flatter skin in a language reminiscent of Welsh, were believed to be direct descendants of the Maduk expedition. Whether they were, in fact, the first white settlers to reach the shores of the United States or not, details of their habitation may possible may possibly remain along the rivers traveled. In the, in the mountains they supposedly called home. Mysterious mounds and rock fortifications remain in the expanses of the Appalachian Mountains, all without a doubt man-made. A soapstone carving of joint figures remains on display at the Cherokee County Historical Museum. Although its physical appearance can be witnessed in plain sight, the mystery behind its formation remains even after all this time. Physically presence can be witnessed to be centuries old Effigy was apparently carved out by the tapings of another rock, eventually revealing a two-headed figure with a round head, eyes too large for their faces. Although found in Murphy, North Carolina in the early 1840s, the figure believed to be picked the moon-eyed people themselves, only recently went on display for public viewing in 2015. In the mountains of the Southern Appalachian, from North Carolina down to Georgia and Alabama, remains of an ancient stone structures line the ridges. Some of these are additional additions to natural rock formations, 
Others are entirely man-made stone structures line the ridges. Some of these are distance okay. uh, Who built these structures? Are they remains of an ancient war fought in Appalachians? Are they all that's left of the Moonai people? And the Moonpai people are a race of small men who, according to Cherokee legend, once lived in the southern Appalachians. The Moonai people were said to be physically very different from Cherokee, being bearded and having pale, perfectly white skin. They were called Moonai people because they were unable to see in daylight, their sense of eyes being blinded by the sun. For this reason, they were strictly nocturnal and lived in underground caverns. A Cherokee rock fort in northern Alabama sites such as this were associated with the Moonai people. Perhaps the most famous structure associated with the Moonai people is this over the North Carolina border in Georgia at the Fort Mountain. Now State Park, Fort Mountain gets named from the 850 foot long stone wall that varies in height from 2 to 6 feet. This is along the top of the ridge. This stone wall is said to have been constructed around 400-500 CE. According to one Cherokee legend, this wall is a remnant of a war that the Moon people, the Moon-eyed people fought and lost against neighboring Creek Nation. Creek drove the Moon-eyed people from their homeland during the full moon, which even the pale light of it is blind to the nocturnal people. Another version of the story has it that this Cherokee it was the Cherokee themselves who waged war against the Moonai people, driving them from their homes at Iowasi, a village near was now Murphy, North Carolina, West Tennessee. Both versions of the story said the Moonai people began living on the ground after losing the war. Okay. Cherokee cosmology is complex and fascinating. Describes a universe where humans share the world with other non-human supernatural peoples. An additional Cherokee concept of the world, races such as Nuni or Yuni Sude, are a part of the natural world who interact with humans at their own discretion. Similar to traditional ideas of fairies in the British Isles. However, what's interesting is that Moonai people never describe as being supernatural, but I remember as another group of humans who were physically very different than Native Americans. Because the description of the Moonai people is, is that they are pale skinned and bearded. Okay. Uh, according to the Welsh story, Madoc of Owain Gwyd was a Welsh prince who disenchanted with the civil war racking his homeland. That sailed with his brother Rigard of the Fallers in 1170 across the Atlantic Ocean and it's somewhere around Alabama. Burn his country in America. Never okay, Emerald Mound. Another story tells of a West sailor named Stedman who was shipwrecked somewhere on the Gulf Coast of Alabama or Florida in the 1660s and was sought to discover a group of Welsh speaking natives. Stedman's account failed to be published until 1777, if the authenticity is somewhat suspect. In the 18th and 19th centuries, these stories of Welsh Indians were extremely popular. Governor Robert Dinwall of Virginia he even put forth the staggering sum of 500 to 500 to finance an exhibition to find the Welsh Indians believed to be west of the Mississippi. Lewis and Clark even kept eyes 
keep an eye out for the Welsh Indians on their famous expedition. Uh, Reconstructed structures at reconstructed structures at the Town Creek Mound Complex in Town Creek, North Carolina. When James Mooney published Myths and Legends of the Cherokee in 1902 and introduced the Cherokee legend of the Moon Eye people to a larger audience, seems to be when the Cherokee story and the story of Prince Madog began to complete it. The idea of a Welsh Indian was just one of several popular ideas of pre Columbian contact with the New World that were circulating in America at the time. Uh, um, if you're the southern end of the Mountville complex in Mountville, Alabama, from the complex contains 29 mounds and stretches over 135 acres. Uh, these stories seem to have risen up from the concept that the citizens of the new American nation had of Native Americans as opposed to the historically related reality of the continent. The romantic idea of Indians as primordial, timeless, and having lived in essentially the same manner for centuries before European content began to be prevalent in America as the new nations emerged. Ideas about the pre-contact size of the population of America at the time were also grossly underestimated. Americans saw the Indians as being scattered in small populations, unaware that these experiments of once populous nations whose ranks had been devastated by European diseases in early years of contact. Modern estimates says as much as 90% of the native population of North America may have died from disease in the 16th and 17th centuries. These civilizations left behind physical remains which Europeans encountered, particularly the mound-building Kakoyan culture left behind the remains of cities and temples, complexes across the southeastern United States along the Mississippi Valley, stretching as far east as Town Creek Mound in North Carolina. One of the mounds in the Winterville, Mississippian Mound Complex in Greenville, Mississippi. Unable to reconcile the physical evidence with their perceptions of Native Americans, shown with the insidious assumptions of European superiority in all things, while speculative ideas about ancient Europeans' visitors rose up to a small result to fill the gaps. But except for a brief period of Viking contact in the 10th and 11th centuries, there is no evidence that such contact ever happened quite a bit of evidence that it didn't happen. So the hill forts that stretch across the southern populations and Cherokee legend of a conflict with some people may very well be related to probably evidence of a war that was fought on an impressive scale on North American soil a very long time ago. Uh, that's it for my notes this week. I want to thank uh, everyone for being a guest on the show. And hopefully get on Again, it's uh, sorry, I'm stretching. Uh, um, thank you for listening to this a today's episode, this week's episode, Monster Legends of North Carolina, with our special guest Anne. And catch you back later. Check you back on later, and in this, see ya. Bye. See you next week. Well, now that you know where you never should roam, sleep safely, but keep one eye open in case they still follow you home.
thank you for listening to this episode of Monster Legend Podcast. Or to find more information about Monster Legend Podcast, go to monsterlegendpodcast.com or anchor.fm forward slash monsterlegendpodcast. There you can find all episodes and platforms on which the podcast is on, which you can describe, subscribe to. You also can email me with questions that will be answered on the show. Thank you. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.